Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Wanted to start today's episode by saying thank you. Yesterday I gave you guys my Twitter handle, at ZacharyBD. Told you to give me some feedback. I've received plenty of it. Some of it complimentary, some of it critical. I appreciate both the same. So thank you very much. Again, at Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, B as in boy, D as in dog. My DMs are open. Shoot me messages. You can strike up a conversation with me for all I care. I want to know how to make this show better because my job is to bring you the latest news and insights and and even analysis about the Minnesota Timberwolves and if I can give uh, if I can get a better idea of what you guys are looking for that'd be awesome but I'm doing my best either way thanks for listening let's move on to get to know tonight's opponent a little better the Denver Nuggets I had a phone conversation with Adam Mares he is the site manager for denverstiffs.com that's SB Nation's blog dedicated to covering the Denver Nuggets Adam uh, used to contribute to Nylon Calculus which uh, is no longer in existence, unfortunately, but he does a weekly feature over at Vice, Vice Sports. He's the host of the Pickaxe podcast and the occasional host of Locked On Nuggets. So, very insightful stuff from him. I will play that conversation a little later in the program. Uh, for now, let's start with something I brought up yesterday. Ricky Rubio, I was looking at his on-off numbers. When Rubio has been on the court, historically, the Wolves have been a better team. As much has not been the case this season, albeit the sample size is very small. Rubio in two games has played a little over 60 minutes in which the Wolves have been just over eight points worse than their opponents. Opponents are outscoring the Wolves by just over eight points when Rubio is on the floor. Now, when Rubio is off the floor, the Wolves are 23.3 points better. Yeah. So Rubio's on the bench. The Wolves have been better. I'm not looking too far into it. It's not an indictment against Rubio's game. I'm not saying rah-rah trade Ricky Rubio. It's just an interesting tidbit that I'm not used to seeing. And I I thought it was worth mentioning yesterday, and I didn't mention it. So I'm mentioning it right now because I didn't want to leave you hanging. Maybe you didn't even remember. I don't know. Moving on. Carl Anthony Towns. Some people have, uh, I guess, have been critical of his stat line. You know, He's not putting up gaudy numbers by any stretch of the imagination, which is okay. The reigning rookie of the year is is seeing a lot of attention uh, in post-up situations when he gets the ball in post-up situations. He talked about the attention he was getting and how he's adjusting and and how it's uh, how it's a, a good thing. It's a good type of attention. Earlier today, after shoot around, here's Carl Anthony Towns. 
Hey, Carl, you mentioned a little bit after the game the other night that you've made had to make some adjustments, and Tibbs mentioned yesterday that all, all the attention that you're seeing from defenses, what has it been like? And have you noticed a difference in terms of double teams, triple teams coming at you early here? <laughs> I mean, first of all, you know, that's a, a lot of respect the team has given yeah. me. So that's a that's a huge honor. I put a tremendous amount of work in for that kind of respect. But, uh, yeah, I had to change, you know. Preseason was a little different, and I had to change the way I, cha- I played in preseason to the regular season. You know, people were not just giving me uh, double teams. Now I'm seeing triple teams. So that's one extra person, you know. Uh, uh, for me in my life, I've dealt with double teams all the time, but triple teams makes it very hard no matter who you are. So, uh, you know, my points don't have to be 30 to be an impact. You know, I could have 10 and pass the ball around tremendously and make sure my teammates are open. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all great to have great stats. It's all great to have those video game numbers. But if, you, uh, if you're losing, it doesn't mean anything. So uh, I'm all about winning, and that's why I was more than willing to have to do some things to change my game for the better for us this regular season. Carl Anthony Towns is not underperforming in post-up situations. I just want to be clear about that. In the 13 possessions, Synergy Sports Technology has has quantified as Carl Anthony Towns post-ups. The Wolves have scored 16 points. That's 1.23 points per possession. Uh, That ranks in the 91st percentile among the league. So, Carl Anthony Towns is, is... doing the right thing in the post, although he would tell you there's certainly room to improve. Uh, and he can definitely get more touches in that area, too. The Only only 10% of the Wolves' possessions, or a little over 10% of the Wolves' possessions, have been post-ups. And of that 10%, 39% of those post-ups have been Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Andrew Wiggins occupies a, a good majority of the, uh, the rest of that percentage, and as does Shabazz Muhammad. So, Towns is... Going to improve, I imagine, or I would guess he's a very talented player. So expect to see him continue to adapt to what defenses are throwing him. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's really all I have to say about that. Uh, the Wolves tonight, they play the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets will be shorthanded as uh, Will the Thrill, uh, the people's champ, Barton, Will Barton, suffered a ankle sprain in Denver's loss to Toronto earlier this week. Also uh, expected to be unavailable for Mike Malone and the Nuggets is Gary Harris. Harris suffered a partially torn groin muscle back on October 3rd in a preseason game against the Raptors. Harris was reportedly expected to miss four to six weeks, uh, and this week is week five, so... Maybe he'll be out a little longer. Maybe the injury to Will Barton will uh, provoke Malone into playing Gary Harris a little sooner than expected if Gary Harris is indeed healthy enough to play. As you will hear in my conversation with Adam Morris, uh, this could mean and probably does mean more time for Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is somebody that the Wolves were reported to have interest in around draft time. He ended up falling to, I think he was taken seventh in the draft by the, by the Nuggets, behind Buddy Heald. Uh, somebody who has some nas- experience on the, on the national level playing for Team Canada. Played for Kentucky. He's a, a wildcat, much like Carl Anthony Towns. A good player. A promising player. Hasn't done a whole lot yet, but will the Wolves see a, a good amount of Jamal Murray tonight? I would say so. I would bank on it. So that's exciting stuff. Well, as you know, the NBA season is back and in full swing, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close in person. 
It's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value thanks to SeatGeek, which has the best deals on every ticket in the house. Whether you want to sit with the beautiful people courtside, in the club, or in the upper level, wherever, it doesn't matter. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket. SeatGeek compares the prices for multiple ticket sites, tells you which tickets are uh, underpriced, and makes it easy for you to see the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Plus, plus, here's the real bonus. My listeners, you people, get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. But here's what you have to do. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code L-O-Wolves. Easy to remember. L-O-Wolves. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So again, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab. Add a promo code. The promo code is L-O-Wolves. Once you've made a purchase, SeatGeek will send you $20. It's beautiful. Upper level Timberwolves tickets can't be much more than 20 bucks. You're basically going for free. So download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code L-O-Wolves, get your $20 rebate after you've made your first purchase. Let's get back to let's get back to the program. Uh, another tidbit from Shoot Around is a rather comical tidbit, for lack of a better word. Uh, Wolves assistant coach Ed Pinkney was recently, until recently, with the Denver Nuggets as an assistant on Mike Malone's staff. Uh, Pinkney used to coach the Wolves back uh, back in the day a little, and he was an assistant under Tom Thibodeau during uh, Thibodeau's time with the Chicago Bulls. There was some, I don't want to call it a conflict, but it did take a while before Pinkney joined the Wolves staff. I, I Frankly, from my interpretation, it, it feels as though, or it felt as though Malone was reluctant to let Pinkney go. And so, I mean, being that, uh, being that tonight, the Wolves are, are taking on the club that, that Pinkney most recently worked for. It stands to reason that Thibodeau was privy to some, you know, some, some information about the opponent. Asked whether Pinkney was responsible for scouting his uh, former club in preparation for tonight's game. Here's what Thibodeau had to say. Uh, yeah, we had, we had uh, some pretty good information from both he and Dice. You know, that's but that's sort of the way the league works. You know, uh, the coaches tend to move around, and you know, free agents. You usually you've coached a guy or two that you know is on another team, so it's good. Pretty uh, comical stuff, if I do say so myself. Without any further ado, here is that aforementioned conversation I had with Adam Mares to learn a little bit about the. Denver Nuggets. All right, Adam, let's just start by, you know, I, uh, I discovered yesterday on Locked On Nuggets that you yourself played in college, so I did some due diligence. <laughs> couple uh, couple seasons at uh, Colorado College, is that correct? Uh, that's right, good research. It's uh, a big hockey town up here in Minneapolis. Colorado College is, ah, a, is a big right. hockey rival. I didn't even know that they had a basketball team, but... <laughs> Uh, do you have a, a loose NBA player comparison that you would like to compare yourself to? Oh, God. Um, at this point in my life, probably Boris Diaw. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, which I, which I hope means my game will age well since it's never been really an athletic game. Making $7 million with Utah. I, I thought take it. I thought that was a nice, nice pickup for them. Now, Utah, in the minds of many, uh, 
is ahead of both Denver and the Timberwolves in terms of trajectory in the Western Conference. You know, they've been emerging now for a while. But you said something yesterday that I was taken aback by in that you think the Nuggets are actually a little further ahead of the Timberwolves, albeit, you know, with recent injuries to Will Barton and uh, Gary Harris, that might set them back a little bit. Is uh, I, I would like you to explain yourself. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a opinion. I mean, I'm in the minority on that one, but I think, uh, you know, obviously the Timberwolves, I think, project better long-term. Towns is the best player, of you know, on, on both rosters, and then guys like Wiggins and Duns might even be number two and number three. But the Nuggets just have a lot more veterans. Uh, you know, Danilo Gallinari is on the Nuggets roster, Kenneth Freed, Wilson Chandler. Um, so I think the Nuggets just have this year. I predicted they would probably finish with one or two games ahead. And then on top of that, as much as Tibbs is a great coach, and I think obviously top five coach in the league, anytime a new coach, I mean, we, we have so much experience with this. Anytime a new coach comes and puts in a new system, there's a learning curve and a learning period. So for those reasons, I thought, uh, I think the Nuggets are, are probably ahead of them this year, and then that'll probably switch the following year and for several years to come. And you were sort of, you were harping on, on Mike, Malone, Mike Malone's lineups combinations yesterday and I know there's been a lot of talk amongst the the Nuggets blogosphere Twittersphere or what have you about the the Nurkic Jokic uh, combo what uh what are your thoughts on how he's deployed those two together and and you know basically reiterate what you said yesterday I thought you had a, a lot of insightful points well I'm I'm pushing the envelope I'm, I'm so far on the one side you know some people are fans of it some people are critical of of the Jokic at power forward lineup Nurkic at center um, I'm I'm super critical of it. I think it's an insane idea. I thought that last year um, when they first tried it out at the end of the season, the Nuggets kind of didn't try it out till they were eliminated from the playoffs, and then they gave it some run, and it didn't do very well. Um, and then this year, as soon right at the start of training camp, it became evident that the Nugget this is the direction the Nuggets were going to go. And I just think it you, Nikola Jokic can't guard anybody that can move in the power forward slot. So guys like Al Farouk Amino have lit him up. And, you know, Al Farouk Amino is not a high-volume scorer by any means, but Jokic is a center. He just isn't – he's not a mobile pick-and-roll. You know, he can guard it like a center guards a pick-and-roll where he drops and he plays great positional defense, but he can't guard it where he's going over screens and chasing guys out at the three-point line. So moving him – and I think he's the Nuggets' best prospect and, and probably their second-best player already. So moving him to a position where he's significantly worse just doesn't make sense for me. And then on top of that, Yusef Nurkic has been one of the highest usage players in the NBA this year. I think that trend's going to continue because he's kind of a guy that demands the ball every second he's on the court. So him shooting, uh, being one of the highest usage players on the team, means less touches for guys like Gallo, Jokic, even Moutier. Um, so for all those reasons, I think it's pretty foolish to play those guys together. The Nuggets could have a, a great center on the court every second of the game if you split those two guys' minutes. But instead, you play them together, and then you have to play Kenneth Freed at center for 14 minutes a game. And so far, I think it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that the the high usage of Nurkic. He's occupying 50 percent of Denver's post up opportunities <laughs> and scoring just under you know, just under a point point per possession. But uh, I th- I think he's been very good. I'm I'm really big on on Jokic too, just from having scouted, for lack of a better term, Nemanja Bjelica. Uh, with the Serbian national team and and having seen Jokic in that setting and last year, I know uh, what's his name Jerry over at ESPN who does all the advanced you know curator of ESPN's real plus minus was 
really high on on Jokic and sort of set the the Wolves Twitter ablaze with a column last year saying how how Jokic should be the rookie oh, of the year or could be the rookie that. of the year. And you know, to, in his defense, you know, Porzingis fell off, and I thought I thought Jokic really played well at the end of the season. And and to your point, he is probably the one of the, or if not the best center on the Nuggets. Weren't you saying too? It, it matters who plays the three when those two are on the floor together too. And what Mike Malone is is not helping in in that regard either. Well, Emmanuel Mudiay, as everybody knows, is not a shooter, and he's especially not a shooter from you know pull up threes off the dribble. So if you put one non-shooter on the court, and then you have a second non-shooter somewhere, whether that's you know Yusef Nurkic playing alongside, or, or whether it's Kenneth Farid or what have you, that means you're going to have two or three non-shooters on the court. So my argument is just that the Nuggets are always better when they have three shooters on. So if you've got Jokic and Moutier, then you surround them with three shooters, that's a really good lineup. If you surround them with Kenneth Farid, um, you know, then that's not a very good lineup, and there's just there's just not any spacing. So I'm still really high on Emmanuel Moutier, and I think Nikola Jokic is the best, second best center uh, prospect behind Carl Anthony Towns. So I just would I, I think putting those guys in a favorable situation is, is should be goal number one for this Nuggets team. And unfortunately, it hasn't been a high priority, and both of those guys have struggled. Are you expecting things to be worse? Uh, during the upcoming stretch of games, depending on, on when Gary Harris can come back, because I, I think losing Barton and Harris is definitely going to impact the shooting. And what does this mean for Jamal Murray? Are they just going to throw him into the fire? Well, I absolutely expect this to be a tough stretch for Denver. Not only are they in the midst of a five-game road trip to open up their season, but they uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, I think this Nuggets team is really, really good when healthy. They have Will Barton, Gary Harris, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, um, all those guys can shoot, and that's a lot of spacers. You can mix and match those guys at spots two through four and come up with a lot of really solid lineups. Uh, unfortunately, now Gary Harris and Will Barton are out. The Nuggets are going to start tonight, Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Moutier. It hasn't been announced, but I can't imagine any other lineup. That's a 20-year-old and a 19-year-old, and then the replacement behind Murray is going to be Malik Beasley, who's 19 years old as well. So the Nuggets have... They're going to be playing lineups for the next two or three games that just don't have a lot of NBA experience, don't have you know, a lot of uh, – they're, they're, they're going to be super young. So I think the Nuggets are going to really, really struggle, even beginning with tonight um, against uh, Minnesota. Chris Dunn, terrific defender, going up against some 19- and 20-year-olds. I think it's going to be – I think the Nuggets are going to have their handful in the backcourt. Yeah, and and Beasley, to your point, has yet to yet to play a game. If I'm not mistaken, that's uh, that's some pretty that's a lot of inexperience to go out there and and try to figure things out. What are your thoughts on Jamal Murray? There are a lot of people high on him, and and some people went as far as to say the Wolves should have drafted him. I, I thought Chris Dunn was a pretty good pick. Um, yeah, yeah he, I love I love Dunn. Uh, Jamal Murray, I think it has has the potential to be an incredible player. I think his ceiling is really high, and his floor is probably a little bit low. So he's kind of He's somebody that that's hard to predict exactly where he's going to fall, but he's a guy that just scores every every preseason game, every summer league game. He was putting up twenty plus point games, and and he'd get in there for five minutes and he'd score ten points. So he's a guy that has scoring, uh, uh, tremendous scoring ability, has a great fill in the pick and roll, um, but he is just so raw right now and. Unlike last year, where the Nuggets threw Emmanuel Moutier into the fire, and they played him 30 games or 30 minutes a night, and whether he was good, bad, whatever, he was going to get 30 minutes. With Jamal Murray, 
they have a pretty loaded backcourt, although now everybody's injured, so they don't. <laughs> but when everyone's healthy, they have a loaded backcourt, and they can kind of go slow with him. So we're seeing 10 minutes a game from him. Um, his minutes aren't horribly important. If he goes in and scores a couple buckets, great. If he doesn't really do anything, it's not that big of a deal. So I think his progress will be a little bit slower this year. But as a prospect, he can just flat-out shoot the ball. And anytime you can do that, you're kind of already starting from a pretty pretty solid place. Yeah, and it's you know you you mentioned the word slow, and I think about his movement defensively. It's all I can all I can think about. I, he's a in NBA player terms, he's a relatively slow to slow defender, slow to move. Yeah, uh, there's uh, I remember when he and Tyus Jones went went at each other in the Adidas Showcase. There are very few players that Tyus Jones can keep in front of, and Jamal Murray was one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I will say to his defense, because that was one of my biggest criticisms when I was scouting him coming out of the draft, but watching him play, he, it doesn't seem to affect him the way that you might anticipate, because he is slow. He, he, doesn't, he, he, he plays at a slow pace, and even his bursts of explosion are, are not you know, elite, but it doesn't seem to bother him. He has very good body control. He almost plays like D'Angelo Russell in that way. D'Angelo Russell's not a really explosive player, but he just knows how to change pace and create just enough separation, and then he has a silky jump shot. So I think, I think the speed part of his game is, is, might not be that big of a deal uh, just because he's such a savvy and skilled player. Yeah, that intermediate game, the floater game, being able to snake around screens and things like that is something I imagine he'll try, a skill I imagine he'll try to hone in on. Um, if we're playing within the, the rules, which we have to do, I know you mentioned that you don't like the Jokic, Nurkic, uh, tandem out there, and you'd rather sounds like you'd rather see him staggered. But what you said about that tandem and their deficiencies and not being able to guard quicker, uh, Aminu type small ball fours. Right. I think I think the Wolves have a lot of similar problems in that regard with with Gorgie Zhang, who they just gave an extension to, and right. then Carl Anthony Towns. So all things being equal, it sounds as though they're almost mirror images of each other. Moutier and Chris Dunn, very strong players. I would, they're comparable in a sense, but I think that bodes better for Denver than it does the Wolves. What say you? Um, well, just for tonight's matchup or long term? Just for the night's, just for tonight's matchup. I do think it's an interesting matchup. It's one of those things where I think the backcourt with Denver is so hot or cold. I mean, Moutier's had some great quarters, great moments already this season. Last year he had some great moments. And then he has just some moments where you can't win with him playing that way. So, um, you know, Chris Dunn, I really like Chris Dunn. He's such a tenacious player. And that summer league game, the first summer league game this summer where they went up against each other, Moutier and Dunn, was one of the best moments, I thought, of all of summer league. So tonight I think the backcourt matchup will, will go a long way to determining the outcome of this game. If Moutier can control his turnovers and kind of control the game and Jamal Murray gets in there and is an adequate player on both ends of the court, I think the Nuggets can have a really good chance of a win. Um, because, like you said, the Timberwolves don't have a team that can exploit the weaknesses of that Jokic-Nurkic lineup, um, at least in their starting rotation. So I think, I think at least the Nuggets will kind of catch a break there. They played Aminu, Anthony Davis. Um, they've had some tough power forward matchups for Jokic, and, and Gorgie Diang or Carl Anthony Towns I think will be a little bit of an easier matchup um, just in terms of having to guard the perimeter a little bit less. Thibodeau was talking today, and I'm sort of going off on a tangent, but the the Wolves basically uh, poached Ed Pinckney from Malone's staff, and there there was a moment at the uh, at the end of the pregame of it or shoot around availability where 
Thibs mentioned that he had uh, some pretty good information due to, in light of that. But what are your what are your thoughts on Malone? I I liked him coming out of uh, Sacramento. I know Flip Saunders had him travel with the team for a little while. There was some speculation as to whether he would coach the Wolves or not. You know, renowned defensive guy. His dad's obviously got a long history in Detroit. What uh what are your thoughts about him, and what what's the general sense around Denver in regards to the head coach? The general sense around Denver is pretty positive, and, and I would say I'm pretty positive about him as well. Last year I thought he did an A-plus job because the number one thing he had to do was change the culture in Denver. The Nuggets had a pretty toxic locker room and just toxic environment at the end of the Brian Shaw era, at, which was well-publicized, I think, in the national media. Yeah, the Ty Lawson uh, 3 p.m. shoot-arounds. Oh, man. I mean, They just canceled shoot-arounds uh, oh, the last man. couple months of the season because guys weren't showing up. I mean, that's how bad things were here in Denver. So for Malone, he comes in, and there was, some, there was other things. They brought in some vets. They got rid of some of the toxic players. But Malone really did a great job of, of refocusing the direction of the team and got them buying in, playing hard. Guys that had bad attitudes under Brian Shaw had great attitudes under him. So I think he got an A-plus job. Now... His, you know, he's graded on a little bit of a different curve this year because now it's all about the X's and O's and the execution and some of the the the, the uh, trends that the Nuggets are starting to build on. So, the I'm a little bit dubious because I think, as we've mentioned, that Jokic Nurkic lineup is kind of a waste of Jokic's talents. It's kind of a waste of Moutier's talents. The Nuggets still aren't shooting the ball really well, even though they have some good shooters. So I'm a little bit dubious about some of his choices, but uh, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt just based on the job he did last year at changing the culture. Yeah, and I liked what you said, too. I thought it was a very astute point yesterday when you said, you know, this is something that became very apparent in the preseason, and you said that it was a bad idea back then. but. He, you know, this is the plan, and you can't abandon the plan this early in the season because what what are you going to do? You right. you just can't go to something else after you've already put in all the work to to do what you've been doing. And I I hope I'm wrong about all of this. You know, I always I, I'll always criticize players and, and coaches the, and, and analyze them the way I see fit. But Mike Malone's a better basketball mind than I am, so there, I'm sure there's some stuff he's seeing that I'm not seeing, but. Even when this, the plan was announced and, and it was going through, it didn't make sense to me. Um, I, I never thought it would work, and here we are three games into the season and it's not working. But, yeah, like you said, it's, it's early, and coaches have to stick to a game plan for longer than three games. So, you know, hopefully over the course of the next couple of weeks, the Nuggets figure some things out with that lineup. But just uh, call, me, call me skeptical. I'll call you bullish. Uh, okay. Uh, just one more question that's sort of out of thin air, and then we'll let you go. Uh, historically, has Denver tried to play up-tempo with the altitude? Is that a competitive advantage? It's something I've always been curious about but never did due diligence on. Oh, Nuggets, absolutely. That's been their calling card. Back to uh, uh, the, the Westfall days, they've, they've been one of the fastest-paced, up-and-down, fast-breaking teams. They won 57 games in 2013 with you know uh, uh, no superstar players, but they did it because they played one of the fastest paces, fast break, ran teams out of the gym. So the altitude is real. I know people talk about, oh, these guys are professional athletes. They can handle that. It's different. I don't care. If you're in great shape, the best shape you are in the world, if you're not used to altitude, it's still something different. It's still a mental block. It still wears you out. So the altitude is a huge advantage. Um, and I think Coach Malone is – is more open than people realize to the Nuggets playing a fast break, up-tempo offense. They were, I think, fifth in the preseason in pace. They're up there 
to start this season. So I think the Nuggets will will continue that trend of Denver teams being fast-breaking teams. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Malone because that was what I was thinking, you know, a known defensive coach playing up-tempo. It seems like an odd fit, but I'm glad you, you clarified that. Uh, where, yeah. where can we find your work? I know you're the site manager at Denver Stiffs. You've done stuff at Vice, Vice Sports, Nylon Calculus, no longer you know, <laughs> right. sort of in limbo. So uh, tell the people where you can find your work and, and, and yeah. All, all nugget stuff, you can check out denverstiffs.com. I'm really proud of the team that we've put together over the years and the work that we've done. We've got four credentialed writers. We're we're in the thick of everything with all Denver Nuggets uh, coverage. And then Vice Sports, I'll be writing, I think, a Friday column for them starting tomorrow um, that you can check out. And then Locked on Nuggets and Pickaxe Podcast are the two podcasts I'm involved with right now. Heck yeah, Adam. Well, we really pre- well I really appreciate your time. I'm sure the listeners do, too. Uh, maybe have you on again in the future going forward. Why not? Thanks so much, Zach. It's been fun. No problem at all, Adam. Talk to you soon. Yeah, really insightful stuff from Adam there. You can tell he, he really knows what he's talking about and assesses everything very fairly, in my opinion. You can find Adam on Twitter at ADAM underscore M-A-R-E-S. Like I said before, site manager of Denver Stiffs. He's a contributor to Vice Sports, host of the Pickaxe podcast. Really knows what he's talking about, especially when it comes to the Denver Nuggets. But he gives some uh, NBA insights, too. It's not, uh, he's not, let's not pigeonhole the guy. That'll do it for today's program. Be sure to enjoy the game. Like I said before, 7 o'clock, tip off. Tune in on Fox Sports North. Dave Benz, Jim Peterson have the call. Emmy-winning award guys. You know, Jim Peterson most recently, but Dave Benz is... Not without some awards of his own. Alan Horton will have the call. WCCO Radio 830 on your AM dial. I think he's won an Emmy too. Actually, I'm almost positive he has. But you've heard him on this program and you know that he is one of the best in the business. That's all for today. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll hash out what happened in the Nuggets game and cover any uh, storylines that might come to surface, uh, might come to the surface during the game, after the game, et cetera, et cetera. So, Feel free to continue hitting me up on Twitter. Like I said, I keep saying like I said, but I don't care. Hit me up on Twitter, at ZacharyBD. Any feedback, comments, concerns, questions, criticism, all of the C words, anything. Anything you want to talk to me about. Cubs, Indians, what a game last night, right? We'll talk about it when I have time, which is, you know, comes and goes. Subscribe to the Locked On Wolves podcast on iTunes. You can listen on Audio Boom. Be sure to check out all of the other shows uh, for all of your favorite other favorite NBA and NFL teams, Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfels do a wonderful job with Locked On Vikings. The whole network is great, as you can tell. Guys like Adam make the network great. Tune in to all of the uh, all of the programs on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'll stop talking now. I'll get out of here. Be sure to check out coldomaha.com tomorrow morning for the recap. If you missed the game or you're just looking forward to my insights and would like to see them on a different medium rather than hearing them in your ears. So yeah, like I said, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Later. You are locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. 
Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.